Welcome to Side Effects. Effect versus affect. It's hard to know the difference. At McGowan Brabender, our goal is to provoke you to think differently about employee benefits, your employees, and the status quo. That's why it's Side Effects with an A. Join me, Mackenzie McEvely, an MB co-host and one of the industry's brightest guests to dive deep into the process of good employee benefits. Today, my co-host Scott McGone and I will be joined by Todd Wolkowski, an attorney from the firm Frost Brown Todd LLC. Todd focuses his practice on serving private, closely held and family owned businesses as their outside general counsel and trusted advisor on all legal and risk issues. Todd has a unique background as an Air Force officer and previously worked in construction law. However, today's discussion won't be focused on law at all. We're gonna dive deep into Todd's real passion, sustainable and profitable business growth, culture and leadership. Over the course of this pandemic, Todd has honed in on helping businesses and leaders recognize their why. We'll discuss the key takeaways companies learned in 2020 and what they want to eradicate or bring with them in this new year. Let's get the show started. All right, Scott, Todd, welcome to Side Effects. I am so glad to have you both here. We're all together in the studio. And in the words of Todd, we are physically distancing. We are not social distancing, correct? Absolutely. Yes, we're getting a little tired of that word. Um, so Scott, starting off here, you came to the strategy and innovation team and you had the idea to have Todd on our show. Um, after a few interactions, I've realized that you both are very similar. You have some similar energy energy. Um, can you please share how, you know, Todd? Well, I'm not sure. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? In my book, it's a <laughs> we'll good thing. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, um, I was asked to speak at a Garen center event, uh, lift their 2020 event, which, mm -hmm. uh, and had a, had a blast doing. And I think at that point, um, uh, Todd, you had a relationship with Sabrina right here at McGowan Braybender and said, Hey, we, Scott and I should get together. And then we ended up having lunch down in Cincinnati, uh, probably right before the holidays. Right. And there was, uh, there was just a lot of connection points in regards to our care for people, uh, what you were doing in your industry, what McGowan Braybender was doing. And we just thought it would be a great idea to bring them on. Mm -hmm. Well, Todd, we're very glad you're here today. Um, during our pre-call, which we like to do before our podcast, you mentioned that you're a lawyer who's not really a lawyer. And by, by saying that, it's what people I can typically expect from a lawyer. You're mainly a strategic business partner, and we like to think of you as a thought leader. And so during the past 12 months, you mentioned that your clients have needed a trusted business advisor more than anything. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about COVID and how it's affected your clients and the conversations you've had with them. So, and I talked to this about Scott when we got together, I think our industry and a lot of industries, right? Insurance, professional services, banking, accounting have become so transactional mm -hmm. and that's their focus. What's the next transaction? There's very little focus on building that relationship. And right. One thing that was very evident in COVID was there weren't as many transactions going on, um, particularly in the legal field. In the legal field, many times your value is you quantify it by the hours that you work times your billable rate. Well, when those aren't happening, people are actually asking their why in a lot of law firms. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the thing that we were trying to emphasize is how well do we know our clients? You know, the, the, the chief operating officer and CEO of my company said, if you're not working on a file, 
get out there and be doing something to create work, but also even better than that, to create relationships, deepen relationships. Um, one of my friends uh, from Centennial, Mike Sipple, said in one of his early webinars, he said, if you haven't called your client, and at this point it was only six or eight weeks into it, mm -hmm. he said, what kind of business partner are you? If wow. you don't have any kind of idea about their relationship, how it's impacting them, and how it's impacting their business. And so I think that's one of the things we got out of COVID was we got to build stronger relationships. Number one, it's more fun mm -hmm. and it's more fulfilling than just transactional. But also that is the decommoditizing factor in any kind of relationship is being able to have that trust and being able to have, you know, something that you worked up and down the chain where you know the business, you know the industry, and you can provide advice. Absolutely. I think one of the things too uh, that's in because you probably I, I can tell because you you're right you and I are a lot alike we get our, <laughs> our fuel through people other people so when the world told Todd stay at home don't move <laughs> be still <laughs> uh, socially distant so how how that impact you what, what what did what did you have to do to address that dilemma well. You know, I'm an extrovert like you are. I mean, off the charts. And so my fuel is people. And, and I was blessed that my, my four kids were still at home, mm -hmm. including my son who's now at Ohio State. So I had some personal interaction, but I just like, I was just hungering to get back out as quickly as possible. And, you know, being reasonable and, and trying to be uh, certainly respectful of others. But for me, um, and I think a lot of people have struggled uh, in that kind of position with, you know, they need to have that interaction. And so you think about sales, and let's be honest, who's in sales? We're all in sales. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't truly be able to figure out how to sell or develop a new prospect or even develop a relationship unless you have that personal touch. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons I don't like social distancing, because we are not meant to be distant socially. We just in COVID had to figure out how to make that look different. Yeah. So when you were in these calls with your clients, when you had reconnected with them, what were you learning from them? What were they telling you? Um, well, the first thing, you know, you want to call and it, you can't have an agenda. Right. right? It goes back <laughs> to the transactional mindset. Like, how can we do work for you? No, no, no. How has it impacted their family? How has it impacted you? What what does your business look like? And then I really I tried to use more of a Socratic method. I, I heard that. And then I said, how are you using this time? Right. Everybody's wishing it away. But you're the leader, you're the visionary, you're the person that, that needs to have, has some time that introspectively can think about what is my business about? You know, it's interesting, Todd. Do you think people, when you were reaching out to them, had more time or less time? I think <laughs> we had to focus them on the gift of time they had been given because, right, you get into a crisis and you put your head down and you just start spinning your wheels. And, you know, my encouragement to them was, your, your folks are busy. you got to cast a vision. you got to communicate greatly because they're scared. Oh, yeah. Right? But you also have to take this, this, again, it's a gift, and think about what is it that we do well? What is it if we go away tomorrow or why that it wouldn't, you know, would anybody notice, right? Right. And, 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 and if you can articulate that as a leader, you're going to, number one, have a value-added differentiator in the market, right? Because why McGowan Brandenburg? Ray Bender, why Frostbound Todd? You have to have a message for them and many times where they may change a relationship. And so I'm like, if you're not thinking about those things, nobody else in your organization is. But they're counting on you to do that so you can emerge from this far better than when you went into it. 
right? Yeah, I think the one thing too is, you know, obviously, at least what I've learned is we would reach out to C-suite. And normally what was really, um, and even for our listeners, is not only reaching out to every, but the people that, that weren't calling you, mm-hmm. those were the loneliest people. Mm-hmm. And all they wanted was a safe place to talk. Because we lived in a world without any answers because it was a brand new dilemma. And sometimes as leaders, we're afraid to say, we don't know. But the really great thing is nobody knew. And just having the, the, the availability and the time to be able to talk about that. One thing I really loved about McGill and Braybender is we had um, our leadership team calling everybody in the business. Like weekly, I would get an update from our HR director, Suzanne would call just to check in. And at first, when you get a call from HR, you're like, uh-oh, what did I do? I'm working from home. And she just was like, hey, I just wanted to see how you're doing. And I was like, actually, I'm really lonely. I'm an extrovert, too. I wish I could be in the office again. And I had talked to other people at MB, and they're like, yeah, I got a call from Dave or Scott or whatever. And it was it was really nice to be like, they're, they care about us, and they want to know what we're up to and we kind of want to know what they're up to like how the heck are you surviving this when we're all in our basements cooped up and yeah that was that was very helpful i thought for our months after the original onset of covid so right. there was the external communications with our clients which was critical but that was the other thing we were talking about is mm-hmm. when how are you keeping your people informed you can't over communicate in something like this oh, because yeah. a lot of them are sitting at home they're watching the news um one thing I learned in my last job, which was just a great company, but, you know, the CEO said, you know, the reality is if we're not communicating, they are. Mm. And it's really bad because they're just they're making the presumption that if management is silent uh, or leadership is silent, then it's got to be really, really bad. And so um, that, that, that was one of the things I was really encouraging them to do because we had never worked in an environment like this where we were, were so far from our teams. And so many, you know, so many companies culture is based upon teamwork and based upon an exchange of ideas. And it's a lot easier, right? When you can walk down the hallway and and talk to someone or Mm -hmm. or go out to lunch with them. But it was really being intentional, very intentional about, about that communication aspect. Right. And so um, to get a little deeper, what were some other takeaways that you got from these meetings with these leaders? Anything else specifically that stood out to you? Um, one of the things that really attracted me too, when, when I talked to Scott in December was he had talked about the, I won't call it an overhaul, but a revisiting of your culture. And right. I mean, the way that you attract and the way that you retain is, you know, what your message is, you know, what your differentiator is, it's the way you sell. And so I thought that was really cool because if, if you have something up on your wall and it really doesn't reflect who you are, that causes a lot of problems within your organization, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody just thinks you're a hypocrite. (laughs) Or, you know, as you all have done, made that first to second generational leadership move, you realize there's a lot of things in your culture that are absolutely, I like the word kerygma, right? They're the essence of who you are. But an organization evolves and it develops. And so it's like, what, what, how are those being expressed to this generation? And, And then the other thing I thought was just awesome was it's all about ownership. So to be able to go to all of your partners and say, we're going to put our heads together because the sum of us is better than the one of me. And uh, because I want everybody to feel ownership, but also I know I'm going to mind some incredible great ideas. And so I, I, that was the other thing I was encouraging and listening to them is what is your culture? Culture is your competitive advantage. If it's healthy, great. You're going to start, I mean, you, you can overcome a lot of things. If it's toxic, 
watch them run. Right. Well, I think even when we walked in here, there's a phrase that says, you know, all great changes are preceded by chaos. We just went through chaos. So um, you, and, and there's so much to learn from people inside of that, whether that be generationally, you know, so you, you ask people, you know, how does this impact you? Because one of the things you brought up too is, you know, as leaders, what we should not do is leave people alone in their thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you just over, as a leader, when you're tired of talking about it, you're probably halfway through. <laughs> it's rinse and repeat, rinse. And I had to have people tell me for decades, um, don't, you know, don't talk about the next book of the month. Just stay on target, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat over and over and over again. So one of the things that um, y when you think about just like operationally, what, what were some of the things that your customers, that your clients, they were kind of struggling with? Well, so that was the other thing that came out of coronavirus was it was a reemphasizing to the law firm and to other places um, about cross-selling and about, you know, the reality is, and I know you all do this, you have so many talented specialists in so many different areas. And one of our great values is we're connectors. And so to be able to diagnose and hear what the issue is, and it, it, got, it got relatively streamlined in COVID because we had a coronavirus response team. And so someone would call me and say, I, you know, PPP keeps changing, and it did, right? Dynamically, it's like, you know, what are the new compliance regulations gonna be? Do you have someone? And we had someone, and we had a couple that were literally every day, that's all they did, lived, eat, and breathe. Wow. So to be able to connect them so they could have a 15-minute phone call, get the answer and the practical advice that they needed was huge versus paying me <laughs> to learn on their dime and mm -hmm. then give them an answer that maybe wasn't, wasn't correct. So it was that idea of thinking bigger about your organization, but going, you know, why did I join Frost Brown Todd? I wanted a bench of these incredible specialists that I could then, you know, and some of those don't have the skill set like we do in terms of getting out, connecting, and finding business, but they're so talented. And so then you connect them with these individuals who, in many cases, they're small to medium-sized businesses. They originally thought, Frost, you're too big for us, right? And they probably, if we were doing it the same way, it was right. right. But if you can connect them with someone who's not learning on your dime and can give you really outstanding advice, which is right, what we do, we create experiences, we give really good advice. It, it, it was really cool to see how that started changing the perspective of how we play as a team as Frost Brown Todd. Mm -hmm. Scott, can you share a little bit about, I know when you said coronavirus response team, it triggered me because we created one, right? So how exactly did MB come about that plan? Gosh, I mean, when it first happened on, you know, March 10th, we reached out to the lieutenant governor. We call him. Is this thing for real? Yes, it's bigger than we think Gosh, it is. yeah. Monday comes around. We sit around on the 16th. We talk for a couple hours. Uh, we're going to write a script, and we're going to put together the communication. It was like, no, we have this great studio in the back. We're going to go back. We're not going to speak with notes. We're going to speak from our heart, and we're going to send our workforce home. That's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's okay, so how do we – you know, how do we communicate back and forth? So let's put this MB response team together, you know, looking at state issues, local issues, workforce issues, technology issues, VPN issues, telephone issues. I mean, all the things that you begin to think about as an organization. And then who's going to own what and what's the tip of the spear? And the other thing that we also um, um, thought was really important is how do we touch 185 people? So, hey, this week you've got 15, you've got 15, you've got, and then let's rinse and repeat and shift that all around. And then we just say it on the phone once. Uh, it was really every day. 
uh, every day we, s we sat on the phone and talked about you know the uh, the issues and then what did the workforce need to hear uh, and what did we need to hear and feel uh, and uh, what a great uh, what a great learning experience for for really for everybody and then as I was reaching out to other CEOs as a, as a customer going brave how can we help and you, you know what I heard most of they they didn't want help they just wanted someone to talk to yeah I'm sure that you got that too. Which was yeah. crazy because I thought, I mean, I thought I would make 10 phone calls. It would take me an hour. I, I made maybe two. <laughs> and it would take me an hour. And right. all they wanted was someone to talk to. Like, right. I'm scared. Well, you know, I, know what to I, do. Was, I was telling you, driving in, uh, right off the street as you, you drive in here, there's this sign. And it says that, you know, fear is contagious, but so is hope. And we didn't know where this was going, right? I mean, but... But I think, you know, as, as someone, and I've shared this, and I shared openly, like you do, I'm, I'm a faith-based person. I didn't know what the future held, but I knew who held it. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was a lot better place to be, to be a beacon of hope and an encourager than it was to be someone who was going to get in their, you know, basically retreat and be fearful. Because there was plenty of that going on, and there yeah. still is. And so, right, just that call, that touch, again, that, that was clearly a social connection, even though there was a phys physical distancing. You don't, the bomb that that brought to someone was, was really, really huge. And the other thing that I thought was really cool is, you know, one of our, one of our real key principles and what we do as an outside general counsel group is we are about getting to yes, right? I mean, so many times our profession is maligned and rightfully so at times that you all are about where the deal goes to die, you know, <laughs> or, or, oh man, we bring the lawyer in and it's going to blow this thing up, you know, uh, cause it, they're just going to go to war. And a really classic example of that was we started getting some of those early calls about, well, we got this ordinance, and what it tells us from Governor DeWine is we're not an essential business, which means we need to shut down. And some of them were actually new contacts, and they said, we've spoken to our attorneys, and they told us, you need to shut down because you're not on the list. <laughs> and they said, we can't. Yeah. If we shut down, we'll never reopen. Right. And so the kind of that get to yes philosophy was let's look at are you in the supply chain of an essential business? Could you get that? Yes, you are. Okay, everybody is, right? So <laughs> can you get them to write a message to say that if you close for any, t any period of time, it's going to adversely impact your operations as an essential business? We can do that. I said, great. Get us that letter. We're going to put together a legal opinion to say even though you are not specifically here, the intent of this was certainly never to adversely impact oh, yeah. those that were listed. And so they said, well, and I said, and we'll get you a written legal opinion, and you'll have that written letter. And they said, do you think that'll so – I said, here's the reality of it, right? The Ohio Department of, of Health, they're going to be overtaxed. They're going to come to your office. You're going to have these two pieces of paper, and more than likely, they're going to they're gonna check it, and they're going to move on. Right. And um, it was just really fun to see businesses that are open, employees that were not adversely impacted – um, that continued on and are, wow. are thriving now. And, you know, that's the thing you get excited about because you've actually helped someone. Was that the majority of your guys' new contacts during the pandemic? Was it all people that were trying to be essential businesses or did you see anything else come to you for advice? I think the other one was definitely PPP, you know, because mm. most small firms are not equipped to really deal with those issues. I mean, we had one of the persons on our team was the former GC of First Financial. And so, you know, you probably saw this, right? The big banks really stumbled on these loans where the small ones were much more nimble and they pulled it off. And so that was, that was a big thing that people came to us and they said, you know, we just, you know, no offense, a small general firm doesn't have that kind of expertise. But so then they came to us and said, do you have someone you can help us with? And 
again, typically that was a 15, 30 minute phone call. After a while, we had pretty much seen every kind of factual scenario. So like you were saying, you build on that experience and your advice. And uh, that, that really, that, that's where we could show our value, right? We're never going to be the low cost producer, right? You, you, that's right. a race to the bottom. But you always have to produce value in every one of your interactions. Absolutely. You know, yep. When you think of like 2020, so what, what's like a blessing, right, or a learning that you want to keep? Personally, mm. professionally, both? Both. Both. <laughs> I got a chance to spend um, a tremendous amount of time with my four kids, and um, especially my son who is heading off to college and you know, they get their license and then you never see him, but then they go to college and you really, it's just a, so I was very, very fortunate for that. And then I, um, the other thing that I think professionally was really amazing to watch was how, you know, crisis reveals character and to really see the character of some of the leaders that I'm blessed to be able to work with and advise and assist and to watch them rise. Now on the flip side, you know, and that's a lot of another conversation I had a lot with my clients. You know, they had people in leadership's positions that crumbled. And then they had other people that were really kind of unassuming that rose. Like it just showed it showed a whole new side of them. So I just I just came out of it with such a such a pride that I am blessed to be able to represent people and leaders of this character. It's fun to watch people actually do their next job inside of their job and don't even know it. Mm. So the observation was, hmm. That's very interesting. Right. Or people that weren't even doing their job <laughs> inside of their job, <laughs> uh, which is just, you know, super interesting. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but I always like to do a New Year's resolution. So I, I try to keep mine usually. This year I am trying to not be late as I usually am. So I wanted to ask if you noticed any resolutions that companies were trying to make going into 2021. Or were they sharing anything with you about their goals or how, what do you think about that? The thing that I see um, more and more often is how are we going to lead differently? How is our culture going to be stronger and healthier for our employees? Because there's, there's a war on talent right now. There's a lot of good people out there and it has nothing to do with the fact that they're not great team players or really experienced professionals. Their company's just over leveraged. And so, you know, how do we, that to me is the stickiness, that's the glue, leadership and culture. If you don't have those, um, your organization is going to, um, is going to go down. So that part of what they wanted to do was make sure we revisit some of those things that we had revisited, that we implement those things, that we don't just put 2020 in the rearview mirror and say, <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad that's over. Well, you know, not so fast, right? Like you said, unexpected blessings that were there, all about your focus. And then what are the things that we learned about ourselves, you know, as a company, as individuals, as a country, frankly? It was revealing, wasn't it, right? Oh, yeah. We put it under pressure. We saw a lot of things that were good, and we saw some things that weren't so good. And so that's a lot of what I'm hearing is how do we get better? Because in some ways we got a gift because things got revealed to us that we were just in the trenches moving quickly and really never saw until this happened. Do you think... Oh, go ahead. I wonder if you're going to ask the same question. Do you think business now has forever changed? I hope so. I yeah, hope so. There, I, hope so right? I think no there's a lot of people that, I mean, one is we left a really fast paced environment and then we were, then we were kind of like everything was shut down and stopped. Halted. Yeah. And then uh, we want speed back. But I think what we're hopefully, if you're, if, if um, maybe you've got the gift of self-awareness, 
um, maybe what you're getting back is you're getting speed back in the right in the right places. The the value of communication, the value of relationships, uh, the value of uh, of a, a tight strategy moving forward, the value of structure follows strategy, the value of governance, the value of communication, uh, the value of budgeting. I mean, you look at uh, these companies. They're like, "Well, we killed it in 2020," and <laughs> say, "Hey, in 2021, I got some, I got some news for you. Those expenses you didn't pay in 2020, they're going to show back up in 2021." Right? right. Have, are you prepared for that? Well, uh, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I mean, your income statement could look great in 2020. You better, you better get really tight on what 2021 could look like. So. It's interesting. It's so true. I mean, how many companies were profitable in 2020 mm-hmm. because their expense reduction? Oh, yeah. And so you're right. You can't get fat, dumb, and happy and complacent because there's always room to be more efficient. And then, as you were saying, Scott, the prioritization and the things that we thought that we had to do here or it was going to take us this amount of time and that were really taking us away from some of the things that were really, well, not some of the things, the things that were really important, mm-hmm. like building relationship with our client, like having a healthy balance at work at home right if you're if you're if your life we know if your life at home is a disaster guess what you're not going to be able to compartmentalize that and not bring that to work and just so right even zoom although it was crazy and there's a ton of faux pas that happened we got a chance at times to be able to see into somebody's home and just see the way they ticked and it really personalized them in a way where i, I know matthew kelly's a, 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 one of my favorite um, authors and he says you know the shame about our society now is that we love things and we use people and he goes, it should be the exact opposite. And I think what we found is, right, we started personalizing people. And I hope we don't forget that. Because mm-hmm. if we do, we're in a lot more trouble down the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I do. I love that part of our Zoom calls. And I've reconnected with friends that I would only ever try to meet in person every other year or whatever. And now we're having monthly Zoom calls. And it's it's changed a lot of like my family. My 94 year old grandpa does Zoom now, so I think that's super special. I'll call my dad on the iPhone and and I'll Facetime him, and I'll, I see the inside of his ear. I'm like, dad, 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 <laughs> you're, on, you're on Facetime. Um, but it's, it's it's super interesting, right? Just just the ability to uh, you know connect. I, I would even think for even leaders, your next group of leaders are, are the people that overperformed inside of 2020. You know that had kids at home or had family issues. I mean, Kenzie, you went through a wet, like went through a wedding, pandemic married, wedding, right? yeah, all of that stuff. That next group of leaders, they're they're there, and and there are certainly some people that had some very tough circumstances thrown at them, and they could not overperform. So don't ignore them, but there are some people that figured it out, mm-hmm. pulled their boots up, figured it out. With duct tape and super glue, they just right. figured out how to work differently. Got married with face masks and <laughs> hand sanitizer. Yeah. Right. yeah. And we can talk about people are like, I can't wait to get back to normal. Well, the new normal, we're still figuring that out. But the one thing that I know it's going to look like is leaders are going to be more transparent and they're going to be more empathetic. And oh, yeah. I, I, I listened to something on Friday and they said, you know, empathy is meeting people where they are and just being able to understand them, you know, versus trying to change them. And so there should be, and I hope there is a lot more empathy and a lot more realization of the fact that, again, people are human beings. They're not cogs in the wheel just mm-hmm. for production. But, and we talk about it all the time and our clients do. Oh, our, you know, our people are our most important asset. Really? They are. But I mean, what are you doing to, to reinforce that in them? So Right. I think that's a huge recruiting piece now too, because if 
somebody wants to work for you, but you don't care about them or what they went through in the in the year of 2020, then they're not going to want to work for you. Right. So, so Scott, I have a question. So we talked about New Year's resolutions. What's yours? Do you have one this year? Gosh, I think you know. I think for me, as a, as a leader, would be I, I learned so much back in 2010 when the Affordable Care Act came. I thought it was our responsibility as leaders to change this organization. Uh, and <clears throat> what I've seen recently is that when you give people the permission, the authority to go make a difference and you get out of their way, amazing things can happen. Mm-hmm. So as much as I wanted to maybe help and be useful in change, the fact that when I surrender that that change and let other people figure it out, um, it's easier on me. Uh, it's easier on them because of me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easier on everybody. And there's just, there's, you know, in other words, I think the big thing is, is you don't, you don't have to be in that much control. You don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe just get out of people's way. And give them a hope and, and aspiration that there's a, just a great future, you know, ahead of them and ahead of us. So. Well, I know there was something that Todd had mentioned to you that you were thinking about implementing at MB. What was that? Oh, we were talking about a customer. Um, actually, it's a mutual customer mm-hmm. uh, of ours. And I was just kind of blown away by the process uh, about, you know, bringing key strategic partners in. I mean, Todd, one of the things I appreciate is the fact that, you know, I, you know, I hope, I hope people don't think we sell insurance because that would be a miserable existence. You know, <laughs> I want to be an advisor uh, and a coach. Uh, and, I, and I think also this conversation is completely different uh, than talking to an attorney, right? We're in relationship. You have right. competence. Hopefully I have competence. We're marrying <laughs> that competence together. <laughs> we're making, uh, right. you know, we're making uh, massive progress. But what Todd was telling me about is one of our mutual clients would bring in, you know, uh, the uh, insurance specialist, mm-hmm. um, legal specialist, attorney, you know, and a tax advisor, you know, and just different key strategic people into a boardroom and talk about what you do well, um, what's working for us, what should we be working towards, what's coming towards us as an, as uh, as a business. And I was like, wow, that's that's really because I have those relationships, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure the other shareholders do. And other people in the organization would really, I think, lift up the competence of the people that we've selected and also solidify the fact that, hey, we pick some really good people on our team. Absolutely. And and, and again, the other thing that was so great about that is that he, you know, would go back over the last year's results. So we really felt as advisors that we weren't distant, but we felt like we were really a part of the team. And that, again, helped really spark in our mindset um, what are some of the things that should be on the radar screen, you know, right. proactively? And I was sharing with Scott before we walked in. He he uses the term that he borrow he steals shamelessly mm. um, from his advisors. He mm-hmm. goes, "It's the best money that I spend all year." And he goes, "It's not just because of what I learn and the relationships that we we build, but he goes, it has just strengthened." He goes, "We're a better company because of it." Uh, and and so if you ask about a New Year's resolution that I would encourage a lot of my clients. Find a way, first of all, if you don't have a board of advisors, right, that's a great start. Bring people around you that have gone where you want to go, uh, that understand and will get to know your culture. And, 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 you know, right, the advice and the counsel of many is huge. Right. And then start thinking about an event like this because I just think it's the best practice, right, for anybody that's in, in private business. So, Todd, as we wrap up here, is there any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners about what we could take away from 2020 going into 2021. Tell me kind of what, what your final thoughts are. I would just say this. Um, it's don't be so quick again to put it in the rearview mirror. 
because adversity builds character, and we all need more character. And uh, there'll be another, I don't know if it'll be this worldwide pandemic, but there'll be another, and we had the 2008 and the collapse of the markets, 2001, when unfortunately our country was attacked um, uh, in a very vicious way. There will be something else. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, how are we going to respond to it? And also, how are we going to unite as a country again? Because uh, the way we are right now, the, how divided we are, and that message that we're sending, and instead of really encouraging a free flow of ideas and, um, and, and, and really respecting the person that is giving those ideas versus uh, demonizing right. or just throwing out their ideas, um, that is not, that's not how our country was founded. And, and whether that's in a company, whether that's in our country, to have that, as you said, that free flow of ideas where people feel like they're a part of the process, you're mining ideas that weren't even on your radar screen, and people are feeling ownership, that's, that's, that's the thing I hope that we are going to learn from 2020, and we're going to get better. Wow. Now, that is an excellent way to end the show. Scott, do you have any final remarks, or what do you think? I know this conversation, I feel like I got to interview both of you because you both are the kind of people who can talk about this stuff. So what do you think? No, I just think that one is we learn so much, and I hope we don't forget. Um, it, it, even even as tough as this year was, um, I'm a better person because of it. I'm a better father. I think I'm a better husband. I think I know I'm a better leader because of it. Mm -hmm. And then so look at the maybe the blessings and the gifts that were handed to us. Uh, and then because when people say, you know, I can't wait to return to normal, I, I hope we don't return back to normal. I think we live in a more empathetic world. I think we live in a world where eye contact is more important than other because we can't see our, our smiling faces. Right. And I think the eyes are the kind of the lens to the soul. And I think there's just a lot of things that maybe speed's important, but I think relationships are really the fuel. I mean, it, it is only people inside, inside an organization that can make amazing dreams come true. Uh, and it is only it, it, it's only human beings that can do that. If, if machinery can do it, efficiency can do all kinds of things, budgets, strategy, all that stuff. But it it is only the power of people uh, that can uh, that can change organizations. And I and I think we have a better uh, a better idea around the value of what they mean inside of an organization. So right. Well, perfect. Well, unfortunately, now we are out of time. But Todd, thank you so much. This was. An incredible conversation with you both. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be with both of you. Wonderful. So if anyone has any questions for Todd, how can they contact you? Um, so I'm down at Frost Brown, Todd's Westchester office, and I can be reached at T. Wilkowski at FBT, Frank Boy Thomas Law dot com <laughs> uh, or at 870-8241. Perfect. And I will put all of that information on our website. And if anyone has any questions for me, you can contact me at Kenzie at HealthierBirthdays.com. Or Scott at HealthierBirthdays.com. Correct. So thank you all for joining us on Side Effects, and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Yep. Let's get after it. Looking for more Side Effects episodes? Go to our website and click on Podcast at the top of the screen. Click Subscribe and always be ready for the next episode. 